Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is a time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. Whenever we come to talk about what Jesus Christ had done for us on the cross, we know the story quite well of the resurrection that he was buried and on the third day he got up. And what did he get up with? Where was it? See, y'all know that story. He got up, and he got up with all power, and it was in his hands. And all I have to say is, didn't he get up? (laughs) But we who are believers and followers of Jesus, who have allowed him to be the Lord of our lives, have come to a decision at some point in times in our lives that we needed a savior. We, we came to that place that something needs to change in our lives and we need a savior. And there are others who will come to the same conclusion and they will make a decision to offer their lives to Jesus Christ and will allow him to be the Lord of their lives. There are others who are coming to the same conclusion. And then there are those who are totally unaware of their need for salvation. They don't know that they need salvation even. That they feel like they're okay just like they are. And that they have no need for salvation, nor do they need a savior. Many will say that they are a good person. You ever heard anybody say that? You know, I'm a good person. I love everybody. So... What's the problem? Why do I need to be saved? And saved from what? You may get an argument from others when you suggest that they are a sinner. What do you mean calling me a sinner? Who are you? Who made you the judge? There may be someone, however, who's genuinely interested in knowing why they need a savior. In fact, I I haven't done anything, so why do I need one? I'm just trying to live my life and take care of my business. And so why do I need a savior? In fact, they'll tell you, if God is a God of love, why would a loving God want to send me to hell? If he's a God of love, why would he want to send me to hell? Well, I'm here today to tell you what had happened. Somebody say, what had happened? (laughs) And why you need a savior. Why you need a savior. What had happened? 
And I want you to go with me to this text in the book of Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. This is out of the New International Version. Some of you have King James, you can read along with us. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin was not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the Many died by the trespass of one man. How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Christ Jesus, overflow to the many? Paul, in his talking to the church, wanted to give them some background. In fact, when you look at the book of Romans, it is a, a lesson in the redemption of Jesus Christ, not only what he did, but how he did it and why he did it. So it doesn't take long after looking at this passage to recognize that Paul is giving us a message about death, dying, and redemption. He tells us that death came to Adam and to all men. And then he tells us that the man Christ Jesus died so that all men do not have to die an eternal death. Amen. You know, someone once said the only thing in life that is certain is death and taxes. There have been some who have cheated the government out of taxes. <laughs> But no one has ever been able to cheat death out of its appointment. So there's no truth more evident than the fact that we all have an appointment with death. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So we all have an appointment somewhere there's an appointment card with your name on it with a date and a time. And when that time comes for the appointment, you are going away. In every country, in every culture, there are graveyards that testify to the fact that people have come and gone. Just look around when you drive, you'll see them. Every culture has it. All men, all women too, whatever their wealth, whatever their status or accomplishments will have to face death. The reality of death touches every family and everybody without interruption. We are mortal men. And the very term mortal means subject to death. 
There's nobody here that's 200 years old. There's nobody here 1,000 years old, been here all that time. The oldest person I think in the world might, might be 112 or 13 or something like that. So that means that we're all going and many of us have more yesterdays than we have tomorrows left. So here's the question that comes to mind. And Paul says in this passage in verse 14 that death reigns in the world. Death rules. Why does death reign in the world so that everyone must die whether at the end of a long life or even an infant sometimes at the beginning of life? And then secondly, how did death become the undisputed champion of the world? Nobody has been able to beat it. So your question to me is, Pastor, what had happened to make death the champion? Paul gives the answer to these questions in the text. Paul uses the passage to establish the principle that one person's deeds affected everyone that came after him. And he shows how one man's sin brought death to all men. Paul also uses the passage to show that one man's death provided salvation to all men. These are two different men. One was Adam and one was Jesus Christ. Paul's argument in this passage consists of four Elements Number one, that sin entered the world through one man. Secondly, death also entered the world through sin. Thirdly, that death that entered the world spread it to all men because all had sinned. And some people say, wait a minute, what do you mean all have sinned? Uh, if one man sinned and he did it, what make you think I did it? We'll show you. The, that's what Paul's argument is. And then lastly, salvation is provided to all men because of one man's sacrifice. So let's look at the first one. Sin entered the world through one man and that man was Adam. Sin did not originate with Adam. It originated with Satan. But sin entered the world through Adam and his disobedience. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now here's God giving a very clear command. It's simple, but it's clear. Don't eat from the tree I told you to stay away from. And I want you to notice that ever since then, we always have a problem staying away from the one thing that we're supposed to stay away from. 
Now, I don't know how many trees was in the garden. It could have been hundreds of thousands. You got all these other trees. You can, you can eat from any tree in the garden. All kinds of fruit. All kinds of productivities on these trees. And what have you. You can eat any of them. Except one. Why you want me to eat that one? <laughs> so what's wrong with that one? How come I can't have some of that one? My kids were small. And a lot of people have problems with their kids eating vegetables. So I would tell my children uh, when we were eating broccoli, they were small. I said, you can't have any of this. This is for me and your mother. <laughs> so you can't have any of this. But I want some of that. <laughs> you can't have this. This is me and your mother. And they're crying because now they want what we got. They say, all right, have some broccoli. <laughs> you know why? Because they have the same nature. Of men, you tell me I can't have it, guess what? I want that. This is Pastor Jerry G. Martin, and every year this time, our focus turned to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's the good news. The bad news is it seems like we only wait until this time of the year to really focus on what Jesus Christ did for us. For every believer, every day, we should be thankful to the Lord that he gave his life for us so that we do not have to perish, but we can live an abundant life and we can escape the fires of hell and spend eternity with God in heaven. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. What is he going to save us from? Eternal damnation and hell fire. Those of you who are listening to me right now, you may be at church, but you may not be in church. That means that you're just going through the motions. You're just attending, but you're not connected with God. This is the season to remind us of why Jesus Christ came in the first place, and he came to save a lost and dying world. You can make that decision even now to give your life to Jesus Christ. I give you this opportunity to be my guest at the light of the world. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. You can meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you can join with the family of believers that will help you to grow and fulfill God's will and purpose in your life. If you would like to listen to this message again or previous broadcasts, go to our new website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Pastor Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.